Baz and Biggles, Chapter 9. It's still going. Longest episode in history. It was all supposed to be one episode. You know, but now it's split up into nine so far. Uh, my podcast platform couldn't handle an episode eight or nine or ten hours long. So that's the way it goes. Right. Now, Naz and Biggles. Uh, earlier in the episode, you know, many parts ago, it was more A.B. and Biggles. You know, because this is all about the black-white thing, this episode. Uh, and it's gone much longer than I expected it to. Uh, I'm interested in things other than that too, like penguins and Captain Cook. Um, and rock and roll. But, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it, so I'll keep doing it. And you can say, why do you feel the need to do it? Well, uh, I haven't thought that far. I don't think I feel the need to do it. I'm enjoying it, which is a different thing. Okay, so now uh, my GD is still sending me material, which inspires me to, uh, you know, to think of, to talk about more and more ideas around Naz and Biggles. And just as a reminder, Naz is um Naz and Biggles have something in common. They both see through things through a black and white lens. Okay. And Biggles, because you know, he's what we would call in the modern era a racist. Um and he see you know, and he firmly believes that whites are superior. Whites are superior, you know. Uh I was brought up on a diet of Biggles books, so I've got a bit of a feel for Biggles. Um as well, ginger and algae, maybe they did too. <laughs> That's an old joke. Right. And Bertie, definitely. <laughs> right. Uh, so, Naz and Biggles. Um, and Naz is sort of the same thing on the other side. But there's a difference, you know, they're not equally racist as such. Um, because Biggles was in the class of people, Britishers, that were had all the power at a certain point in history not too long ago. And um, and Naz comes from a world that were powerless, you know, um, at that point in history, you know. There were other times in history when, you know, different people were in different power, you know, all that sort of stuff. All right, I'm sorry, not much sleep last night. Okay, so that's that. So they're not equally racist in a way because... If you're in a powerful position and you're racist, you get to you get to exercise that racism. And if you're in a powerless position, you know you're being racist more in a defiant way, in an oppositional way, in a way that's trying to restore your pride. So there's a difference. It's not the same sort of racism. And some people call the first one, the one that Biggles has, as racism, and the other one as not racism. Uh, until such time as someone like Naz would rise above someone like Biggles and become superior, which is what Naz would like. And at that point in time, both of them could, you know, alter their attitudes not at all, and Naz would be the racist, and Biggles would not. You know, so there's a power aspect to it. Okay? So that's that. As far as I know, you know, my limited understanding of how people think of racism, or progressives anyway. Okay. Now, my... Got, and, and, and this episode used to be A.B. and Biggles because I was using A.B. as my touchstone, as my sort of sample person who on the on the black side, you know, who who thinks in terms of black and white, you know. My G.D. has a friend who's also Ethiopian and he doesn't, you know. So this is to do with the person more than anything. This other person, not A.B., this other guy, I'll call him T., um, he's just got this way. It's in his heart. He's got an open personality. He's not fussed about all that stuff, you know. I can't imagine him getting into rap and all that sort of thing, so to speak. Not in a in a way that he actually engages in it. And he wanders up and down the street here, in, in and out of coffee shops and all that sort of thing. <coughs> and I'm quite certain that pretty much nobody even twigs. You know, he, he doesn't. The fact that he's got dark skin doesn't seem to register with people simply because of his personality and the fact that he doesn't talk about that stuff, you know. Whereas A.B., if he walked up and down the street, 
you know, these things can be written on your face a little bit, you know. If it's a big deal for you, it shows. And that goes for Biggles too. You know, he would have this kind of superior way on look on his face, and he would portray himself pretty quickly anyway, Biggles. And he does in his books, you know. He walks up to a complete stranger who happens to be African, um, Biggles, and he asks him to go and, you know, run an errand for him. You know, that's Biggles. A complete stranger, you know, nothing to do with him. So he would go up to somebody... Um, Biggles would be walking down the street and he needs someone to go and get him some petrol for his aeroplane, you know. So he says, you know, he meets a, a black-skinned guy, you, um, go and, um, here's some money, go and fetch me some petrol, you know. And the black guy might say, um, no. And then Captain W.E. Johns, the author of the book, would say, insolently, the, the, the man refused, you know, the Negro refused. Um, that's how Biggles books are, you know, that's how they read. I may not end up reading um, excerpts from the Biggles book the, that I'm reading at the moment. I'm reading a Biggles book, uh, Biggles Takes a Holiday. I read them all when I was young, uh, but now I'm reading them with 56-year-old eyes, you know, which is a very, very different thing. And I live in a different time too, now, at 56. You know, back, you know, I can't even remember all that stuff, you know, from my teenage years. I must have just... Yeah, I don't think it worked its way into my personality because my mother and my father um, weren't that way, you know, weren't, well, racist, you know. In fact, my mum was the opposite, you know. My dad, well, he was just a troublemaker, you know. <laughs> so he would he would uh, make a wise crack only, you know, about black and white. He might, but only to cause a stir because he's a bit Irish that way, you know. But the Irish are black anyway, aren't they? You know, black and proud, the Irish. Um, if you read Irish... The Irish attitude towards Britishers, you know, back in the time when they were oppressed, you know, gee, they sound the same. They speak the same language as um, Africans who were colonised because Ireland was colonised too. Okay, so all of that, you know, there's a famous bit in, um, there's a movie, The Commitments, because I'm into rock and roll, The Commitments, you know, and the Irish blokes who are in the band, The Commitments, you know, the managers... um, and they they do soul music, you know, the commitments in uh, this band in Ireland, and the ma- the manager of the band, he's he's sort of saying to the band, "Come on, get into the right spirit. Just remember, you're black and you're proud, you know." And he meant it, you know, because they're Irish. Yeah, you know, they got white skin, but they're black, you know. Black is not necessarily your skin colour, you know. All right. Now, now we know that a lot of Irish are, are racist as well against blacks, but, you know, get nuanced is what I'm saying. All right, so my goddaughter feeds me things. And um, my goddaughter was talking about, and this relates, this relates, um, liberalism, the idea or ideas of liberalism. And I thought, wow, there's a whole topic, you know. And it's liberalism, you know, which was a fire that was lit in Europe in the Enlightenment, you know. And that fire turned into a, you know, a bit of a, fire, a big fire, but a sort of minor bushfire with the English, Enlight- uh, the English Revolution, for example, you know, and Parliament rose up against the monarchy and all that sort of stuff. And then it turned into a raging fire, um, with the French Revolution, because the, Re- the French Revolution was the big daddy of all, or the mother of all revolutions, you know. And and the monarchies of Europe were overthrown when that French Revolution pretty much, um, uh, you know, the fire spread right across Europe, you know, and, and then over to Russia, you know. And the ideas out of the French Revolution... You know, you ended up with the Russian Revolution, you know, and, and revolutions in Italy and Germany and all that rise of nationalism. Everything changed because the world had switched. The Enlightenment switched Europe from a, what they call a, you know, a pre-liberalism era, which had gone for centuries and centuries. The world's, well, not the world. Europe switched from pre-liberalism to liberalism, you know, and pre-liberalism was, um, you know, where people, where divine rule, you know, I had an episode about that right at the start of this um, podcast as a whole, 
you know, divine rule monarchies and all that sort of thing, where um, where the pol- the politics of a a land uh, were dictated dictated is a good word by God or the gods or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, the divine and uh, and through some sort of king or queen. So the king or queen was um, given divine right to rule and the politics of the land arose from that, you know. And there was a priest class who were in touch with God and they ratified the fact that that was the right politics. You know, that, that's the way it was. And then the French Revolution brought in an era of liberalism, which was politics driven not by God, you know, or authoritarianism, you know, because God is the ultimate authoritarian power um, through a king, you know. So uh, politics previous to, prior to liberalism, and forget whatever definition of liberalism you've got in your head, head in the modern age. I'm talking this sort of liberalism, the liberalism that, you know, that existed back then. Um, so liberalism was, I, you know, one good definition, I think, is um, prior to liberalism, you had authoritarian rule. And then when liberalism swept Europe, you had politics in the age of reason. You know, so the idea was for rational debate and reason to define politics and that the people should, and that would set the people free. You know, so liberalism, liberty, freedom. So freedom through reason, you know, and that's liberalism. Okay, freedom through reason. Now, reason or rational debate was telling different people different things. And they were all seeking liberalism, liberty, freedom, you know. So uh, liberalism took on many forms in the political sense. Uh, it, 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 for some people... It was communism, you know. Logic told them, reason told them that, uh, and this is Karl Marx and all that sort of thing, that liberty, liberalism, freedom could be achieved through communism, you know, and socialism too, other people, you know. Um, so, you know, that socialism was one idea that arose out of liberalism, you know. That, that's one of the arms of liberalism other people were more conservative you know and liberalism you know uh, people debated in parliaments you know in the newly formed parliaments and so on and over in america in congress you know and liberalism through conserve you know progressive conservatism yeah and that gave rise to you know that sort of thinking gave rise to the american uh, republican party and also the Australian Liberal Party eventually, you know. So the Liberal Party in Australia, liberal, liberalism, you know, liberty, freedom. The Liberal Party in Australia is, you know, on, on our right, is on the right of our politics, you know, to the right, conservative. So liberalism through conservatism, shall we say. And I think that's fair enough. And then other people um, saw ways, you know, their logic. So, you know, liberalism was um, a thing you could take in any direction. So liberalism through conservatism, liberalism through socialism, liberalism through uh, communism. You could have liberalism through capitalism. That was very popular and it has swept the world. But, you know, then you had liberalism through conservatism. It was all out of the one thing, the shift from non-liberalism authoritarian god-given rule in the you know in monarchies and all that sort of thing before the in year before the enlightenment right and then so you only have two states of affair you know what i mean uh two states of affairs um pre-liberalism and liberalism okay now liberalism was giving rise to all these different types of um freedom politics freedom politics, you know, uh, through different models, 
you know, like socialism, communism, capitalism, communism, um, and conservative, you know, politics through parliament. And, and then you have other parties like the Labour Party here in Australia, you know, all for the workers and all that sort of thing. And more emphasis on um, uh, the rights of people. And, you know, whereas the, the Conservatives in Australia, which is the Liberal Party... Um, you know, more about, yeah, uh, more about small, so liberals in Australia, the Liberal Party, more about smaller government, you know, and more capitalist in a way, and Labour Party, more about bigger government, which means more socialist, you know, slightly more socialist, um, you know, all, all this is liberalism, um, you know, because all different people with different versions of how the people can be more free. All right, liberalism, liberty, freedom. So the Labour Party here says the people will be more free through um, through bigger government, you know, a, a greater trend towards socialism and less towards capitalism. You know, uh, the wealth, you know, the government having more wealth and then distributing that evenly. Um, and the people having less wealth, you know. Whereas the Liberal Party in Australia, about small government and more wealth with the people and trust the people to use that better than government could and all that sort of thing, you know, and pay for your own education and all that sort of thing, a trend in that direction. But both parties in Australia are slightly, just different versions of the same thing, you know. It's just a bit, both parties in Australia, the Liberal Party you know, which is more conservative, and the Labour Party, which is more left, you know, if you like. Um, they both propose... Um, neither one of them wants to get rid of socialism altogether. We do... Both parties in Australia agree that we should have a, a form of socialism with health and education, you know. Um, um, but the Labour Party says more of that, and the Liberal, Liberal Party says less of that, you know. So that's that. I mean, in America, liberalism gave rise to three parties that I know of, the Whigs and the Republicans and the Democrats. And all of them, all three parties, the Democrats, you know, were one of the babies. Liberals, liberalism had a baby and it was called the Democrats. And then the Republicans, you know, liberalism had a baby and it was called the Republicans. And liberalism had a baby and it was called the Whigs. Now, the Whigs died off. But so they've only still they've only got two parties left in um, America. We've still got the National Party, which is even more conservative than our Liberal Party, you know. Um, and we've had other parties like our Democratic Party, which had nothing, you know, no no resemblance to the American Democrats, you know. Don't hang by the apron strings of terminology. My physics teacher used to say, you know. Um, all right, so um, if you're keeping up, <laughs> um, and even if I'm right. <laughs> You may say I'm not. Right. Now, um, so um, so liberalism gave rise to three parties in America that I know of, the Whigs, the Republicans and the Democrats. And, you know, the Republicans uh, in America are probably, they're to the right, a little bit like our Liberal Party here in Australia. And the Democrats are to the left, a little bit like our Labor Party, but in different ways. The Republicans aren't like our Liberal Party. And... The Democrats are not like our Labour Party. You know, different countries have different cultures. And we've got more an English culture. And um, America broke with the English tradition and went on their own way. So they've got a slightly different... Yeah, they've got a different politics. But it, it all arises from the Enlightenment. You know, whether you're talking America... Because, you know, I talked about the English Revolution. And the French Revolution. Then the European Revolution. And the Russian Revolution. You know... But um, but that that fire spread all across to um, the Americas too, and there was an American Revolution against Britain, which was interesting, you know, against the English Revolution per se, you know. So fractures along those lines. But even though it's fracturing into different versions of liberalism, it's still all liberalism because it's all still arising from the Enlightenment, the Age of Reason. It's still all uh, everyone's in agreement on one thing, whether they're socialist, communist, or anything. They're all looking for freedom for the people through reason and putting away the old ways of monarchies and divine rule okay so everyone's in agreement all the politics of you know the europe the west 
is it all has that in common. It's all liberalism, you know. Okay, um, but just different p- countries and different people think that liberalism, liberty, freedom for the people can be achieved through different ways, and that's I think that's uncontroversial. You know, I think communists, you know, died in the you know. Red under the bed, dyed wool, dyed in wool. Um, communists think that'll bring more freedom for the people if everyone could be communists. And anarchists are another one, you know. Okay, uh, you know that comes from liberalism too, anarchy. Um, so all liberalism. All right. So I think that's liberalism. Now um, I will make one mention in the modern in the twenty first century. Um, now, I'm going to talk about the Americans, just the Americans, just for a minute, but um, I don't want this to dominate the definition. You know, I don't want this to warp and pollute the word liberalism because the bigger picture word liberalism, I think, means what I've just said. Okay. Now, as it turns out, all the different mobs, political mobs, you know, whether they be Republicans or Democrats or Whigs or the Australian Liberal Party or the Australian Labor Party, you know, all these people, or whether it's the Communist Party, the Communists, or the Socialist Party, you know, um, the Communist Party in China or the Communist Party in Russia, you know, um, all these mobs, all of whom arise from the idea of liberalism, meaning freedom for the people through logic, logical debate, rational debate, all these mobs lay claim to be the true liberals in one way or another, you know, the true liberals. So the conservatives claim that they have the recipe for freedom, liberty, liberalism, yeah? Because these are, it's like a family, you know? The the mummy of the family is liberalism and the mummy has lots of babies, right? Communism and capitalism and all those sort of things, you know, conservatism and liberal, uh, um, and um, conservatism and progressiveness and, you know, everything else you can poke a stick at. Now, an odd as far as I can tell, an odd thing happened in America. And that is the Democrats in America, of all those parties that I've mentioned, all which are all who are children of liberalism, of all the children in this family, the Democrats in the bubble that is the United States of America seem to have within the United States of America, not here, but just in their bubble, the United States bubble, they seem to have claimed to be the true heirs of mummy. (laughs) You know, mummy liberal, mummy liberalism. Right, so you've got, you know, let's say we've got 15 children, um, all different stripes, you know, all trying to claim that they are the true liberals, and the Democrats claim to be, you know, liberals, of course. You know, I've got no problem with that. Everyone else is, so why shouldn't they? But the funny thing is, they seem to have made it stick somehow, and then they, you know, maybe they shouted it loudest. We are the liberals, we are the liberals, we are the liberals, we are the liberals, you know, and the Republicans didn't shout it loud enough. No, because the Republicans should have been claiming that word too. We are the liberals. We are the liberals through our through conservatism, liberalism, and in Australia that worked. You know, because our Liberal Party in Australia, the Conservatives, let's say the right wingers anyway, the centre rights or whatever, um, you know, they said, "Well, we've got an opposite stay here, haven't we?" In Australia, the Conservatives managed to, um, in the hearts and minds of Australians to align the word liberalism with their progressive conservatism. So they won, they, the, all the children that were born in Australia, they won, they claimed the word liberalism, you know, um, from, you know, the Enlightenment, and they said, that is us, we are doing that the best, you know. So um, it becomes word association. So in the minds of Australians, the word liberal, the first thing you think of is conservative, right? You know, um, you know Tony Abbott, John Howard, Scott Morrison, Robert Menzies, you know, all the great liberal leaders, all the great conservative leaders. So in Australia, in our heads, the word liberal most naturally shifts to the right, okay? So in Australia, um, liberalism through conservatism, through progressive conservatism, right? So if someone says, I hate liberals, 
then we probably think they're lefties because they hate liberals, you know. Um, so, um, in some senses, the conservative the conservatives in Australia stole the word from mummy, mummy liberalism, you know. They stole the word and said, we are the true heirs. In America, the opposite thing happened. And the leftist uh, party over there, Democrats, they stole the word liberalism. And they started saying, we are the liberals, we are the liberals, we are the liberals. Much like the conservatives in Australia said, we are the liberals, we are the liberals, we are the liberals. By naming the party, the Liberal Party, which was really clever. You know, the Democrats in America should have called themselves the Liberal Party in America. And we would have had this... You know, odd thing, but it's not surprising to me, where the left, the party of the left in America would have been the liberals, and the party of the right in Australia would have been the liberals, you know. Um, I think this is critical, you know. Um, Okay, so in America they stole the word, essentially, liberalism. A little bit like often in history, um, you have, you know, a, a father used to die and leave and he, and there were five children children laying claim to the land one would claim the land and the four would have to emigrate you know so it's a little bit like that you know so mummy liberalism had all these babies and that's the way it went now here's the interesting thing um in america republicans are now saying they are anti-liberal but they're not anti-liberalism in the original sense of the word. They're, they're, what they're actually saying is we're anti-democrat. They have given up on the word. I think they've made a tactical error, a strategic error. When the Americans, uh, when the Democrats claim the word liberals, the Republicans seem to have given, let them have it. Right. Maybe the Democrats shouted it loud enough and long enough to associate the word with themselves. So now in the modern era, in the 21st century, and this was not the case in early America, you know, in 1900, I've been listening to stuff, you know. In 1900, the word liberal was not associated with the Democrats. It was associated with the general idea of freedom through, um, through rational debate. You know, that's what liberalism meant. You know, coming out of the Enlightenment, you know, that's what liberal men. It was nothing to do with the Democrats. It was as much to do with the Republicans as it was to do with the Democrats. Now, what we have in now is the Republicans in America, in wanting to oppose the Democrats, obviously, we have the right wing in America, in wanting to oppose the left wing, and they are saying they are against liberalism. The liberals. Now, isn't that interesting? Because the Republicans should say we are pro-liberal and anti-democrat and that the Democrats have stolen the word liberalism and we want the word liberalism. So um, the Democrats have kind of won that battle in America. But where does this go nuts? Where does this go nuts? Well, my GD um, started sending me YouTube clips from America. So this is YouTube clips from conservatives in America crossing the Pacific and coming to Australia and entering an Australian's head. That's me. I'm the Australian. And here we have a conservative and the person she was sending me clips from was someone called Candace Owens, you know, who's a a Republican over there. Okay. And she was saying the liberals, you know, are all, you know, leftists. And that comes to me, that YouTube clip, and I say, what the hell is she talking about? You know, now I kind of know what she's talking about, you know, because I kind of know a little, a broad brush history of all of this stuff. But it clashes with me, and I'm sort of thinking, then I even said to my GD, this, it does my head in, you know. Um, Candace Owens saying she's anti-liberal, um, because in Australia, anti-liberal um, means you're against conservatives, and she's clearly a conservative, you know. So, I think, I I think that if if I was in America, and I was using the word liberal, I would you know when in Rome, use the definitions that Rome has you know. So if I was in America, um, I would, uh, no I no you know what you know I'm thinking I would use the word liberal, 
in the sense that uh, it's leftist sense, you know, it's modern leftist sense. But if, I, if an American came to Australia, I would insist they not use that word here in that sense because it has a different dictionary meaning here in Australia and they're only going to confuse everybody, you know. I'm thinking of that, but no, you know what I think? I think I reject anybody claiming a monopoly on the word liberalism and I'm talking, I object to conservatives in Australia claiming a monopoly on the word liberalism and I reject, I, I, you know, in either country or both countries, I reject and I want to reject, you know, and this is just, I'm in the age of reason too, see? I'm, I'm actually being a liberal by saying, the, all right, here is my liberalist, liberalist. <laughs> Here's my form of liberalism. My form of liberalism is such that if you are a leftist and you are saying you have a monopoly on the word liberty, liberalism, then I reject that. Because I say that a conservative could just as easily argue that liberty and freedom can be achieved through conservatism. And if you are a conservative and you are saying you are a you have a monopoly on the word liberalism, um I would reject that too. So, um, and because I would say that the leftists and the you know slightly more socialists um, have every right to claim that word just as much as you do, conservatives. Um, so, I am going to stick to the idea. I think you know go, uh, that liberalism. No one, no one within the broad umbrella of liberalism, all the Western political systems, which is pretty much all the political systems of the world, um, because all the other countries have taken on Western political systems too. The, the Western culture has swept the world, you know, swept the world. Um, you know, like I know of Ethiopia, which is democratic socialist, you know, which is kind of reminds me of the Democrats in America, which seem to be democratic socialists, you know. So Ethiopia, for example, has Western politics, you know. Um, and all, you know, China is communist, so that's Western, you know. So the Chinese have taken on Western politics, you know. Even far-flung places like, you know, Cuba, you know, um, communist. Uh, North Korea, which should have nothing to do with the West, communist, you know. So they've taken on a Western um, political system arising from liberalism, you know. And the North Koreans, I'm sure, say we are, setting, we, you know, we are allowing the people to be free, through communism, you know, this is liberalism, you know, this is the right form of liberalism, you know, that sort of thing. Now, I know that sounds all twisted, but I have taken you back to the Enlightenment and what the original meaning of the word liberalism is, and I think that still makes the most sense to me. I think um, after that, if each child in the family of liberalism, you know, the capitalists, the communists, the lefts, the rights, and all that. If each child in the family, um, you know, it's an ongoing argument as to which one of them is the true liberal. Liberty for the people. Which one's going to bring the freedom to the people? Freedom for the people, you know. Right-wingers say that we bring the most freedom for the people. Left-wingers say we bring the most freedom to the people. You know, and that's an ongoing argument. Now, which one do I think? Because I don't usually tell, say my politics, do I? Well, I say, well, you know, kind of Australia's on the right track in a Western context. You know, I'm putting Indigenous Australia aside for now because they're out of, outside this whole argument. You know, they, they've got their own completely different culture and completely different politics and completely different laws, you know. And I've discussed that. In, put, put Indigenous Australia out of the picture for a minute. But for a Western-style, you know, a country that's dedicated to a Western-style politics, and that's pretty much just about every other every country in the world... Um, I actually think um, that all the all the you know it needs to be a bit of each, a bit capitalist, a bit socialist, and all that sort of stuff, you know. So Australia and Australia is not a bad model for that. I think we are a bit capitalist, definitely. You know, individual wealth. You know, we're into that. We're a bit socialist. You know, we have universal health care and we do have a universal education system, but we do have the option of, you know, doing private education. Yeah, so we're a bit socialist, Australia, 
and we've we've got other socialists. Everything that's you know um, owned by the government per se, it, you know that's socialism. You know, um, we're slightly trending away from socialism a little bit in the last sort of thirty years. You know, we used to even have the railways and all that sort of stuff that were um, government owned. You know, so that was socialism too. You know, we had a socialist private transport system, a uh, public transport system, and we had. Um, socialist um all sorts of systems you know uh the gas work you know gas you know electricity and gas was all socialist you know because it was government owned now we've been privatizing that but it's only semi-privatized as far as i can see still government regulated and all that sort of stuff you know i work in the field of you know people with disabilities you know um and you know that was a socialist system in which you know the government took care of that um, but just now we're privatising all that, but we're not really because the government's still funding the private operators, so it's still socialist, you know. So I kind of like that, and America resists that, you know. They have huge trouble even getting universal health care in place, you know, Obamacare, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Just they can't get it to stick, you know what I mean? They can't get it to stick because they err much more to the capitalist side, you know. Um, you know, that's their form of liberalism. You know, you're free to be poor, you're free... You, you know, the American dream, you know, if you work hard, you'll be, you shall be free, you know, and that's, that's the form of freedom. Um, in Australia, no, we're, you know, I kind of like Australia's balance. A lot of people are trying to push Australia in the direction of America and privatise everything. Um, you know, but it's a, it's a complex formula and it's not simple. If you've got someone who's going to give you a, a meme that tells you what liberalism is, no, I, I would reject that. You know, it's 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 a lot more sophisticated, nuanced and complex than that. The idea of liberalism, you know. So these Candace Owens um, clips, I dare say people are listening to those. And um, Candace Owens says, I am a Republican and I am against liberals, right? And there are a lot of people who will be listening to that, even in Australia, saying, I totally understand what that means because liberals are left and... Um, conservatives are right, you know, so they put a, you know, they try and summarise liberalism in one sentence, whereas I've already been speaking for about a half an hour, I'm sure, or 40 minutes, and I could speak for another 10 hours on what liberalism is, you know, and, um, and still not get there, but these people want to bring it back and make a simple formula, and, you know, they might say this, Aha, uh-huh. listening to Candace Owens, liberal equals socialist and conservative equals republic or something like that. You know? No, liberal equals left and conservative equals right. You know, and that could be a meme on Facebook, you know, because they were listening to Candace Owens clips. But the Candace Owens clips are... You know, I think she's actually given in, you know. I think she's actually been outsmarted, Candace Owens. Um, she's lost. She's conceded the word liberal to the Democrats. She's given it to them. They claimed the word liberalism to apply to what their politics was. And Candace Owens has been a bit silly, I think. And she said, OK, you call yourself liberals, I'll call you liberals too. Candace what are you doing? Don't give them that. You claim the word liberal. You tell them, this is what I'd be saying to Candace Owens, you tell them that um, your kind of progressive conservatism is liberalism. Don't concede the word. But she has conceded the word. You know, I think she's made a strategic mistake and a lot of Republicans in America have. Now that strategic mistake was not made in Australia, uh, because um, uh, our, you know, Robert Menzies, who started our Liberal Party, was smart enough, he was conservative, um, he was smart enough to call his party the Liberal Party, and even, and he's on the right side of politics, and he has successfully, in the minds of Australians, associated the word liberal with the right, you know, with centre-right, okay? So in Australia, liberal equals centre-right and Labour is the word for 
centre-left. Liberal means smaller government and more wealth with individuals. And Labour means bigger government and less wealth with the individual and more wealth, you know, more services via the government, okay? In America, it's all the opposite. Okay, so that'll do. I'll leave it at that. Oh! No, I won't. I'll have a... I, I actually created some texts with my GD earlier. Um, so what I'll do, I'll finish this episode because I first... My GD and I were chatting about this in texts first, and then I made this episode. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go back in time and I'm just going to read out, I'm going to have my tiny little bit of theme music now, and then I'm going to just read out my texts, which sort of in three minutes will summarise what I've just said in 40 minutes, you know. But I do like the 40-minute versions, you know, because you need, because just in, every time I say um and change my mind and, you know, sit here apparently thinking, that's the nuance that prevents me from being too sure of myself it's the humility i'm looking for the intellectual humility i'm looking for rather than you know the evangelist preaching type um stuff you would often get on youtube clips from america especially you know you know uh where you get someone driving their car you know and they're videoing themselves and they say yo yo what's up here i'm gonna tell you what's up right listen up i'm gonna tell you something you need to hear you know that's what you, you know, YouTube clips, I've seen a few of those. My GD has sent them to me, and that's what they do. And they kind of lay down the law, you know. Oh, that makes me think of a great song. Hey, I'm going to have that great song, Laying Down the Law. You know how I call myself the sporty monk? Do you know where that came from? It comes from this song coming up. I'm going to have the song first. I won't have my theme music. I'm going to put the song on. I love it. Dave Graney, you know. And... Uh, and that's where I got the word sporty from, the sporty monk, you know. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to put the whole song on because I'm in no rush. Let's go. comes from the Grampians, Dave Graney. The Grampians um, is, you know, um, some mountains in between South Australia, in between, in between Adelaide and here in Melbourne. Um, and the Mallee, you know, the mighty Mallee, not the mighty Murray, you know, the, the Mallee, which is, 
an ancient inland sea <laughs> here in Victoria. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of my childhood in the Mallee. That's where we used to go for holidays with my GM, who has figured prominently in these uh, podcasts. But the Mallee is, you know, no mountains, no hills. Um, for so, for as far as the eye can see, but it's a very interesting place, the Mallee. Um, sometimes you can look at a place and you say, that's just flat ground, nothing there, desert, you know. And I think even the indigenous people used to consider it as something like, you know, a kind of desert that produces not much. Um, and even the early Europeans too, but we've come to love it, the Mallee. Um, and it used to be an inland sea. You know, sometimes they dig down um, and they find a shark's tooth. <laughs> well, um, there were huge coral reefs there still, you know, um, underneath, you know. And, and this is, you know, this is in the time of, you know, the last ice age, you know, when the water, the water's... Oh, wait a minute, the opposite, isn't it? The last... Anyway, the last time the oceans rose... <laughs> The opposite, I should have said. Okay, um, not the Ice Age, <laughs> the, the Heat Age. Um, and, yeah, and, um, oh, there's a lot of stuff going on with the Mallee. I've heard about it, you know. I think it's a great big aquifer. I think there's water underneath it, you know. And um, and there's salt there, but there's water and um, underneath the ground. Um, and And back then... The ocean went all the way up to the Grampian Mountains. Uh, the Grampians, you know, the mountains. Uh, right now, the Grampians are miles inland. You know, you've got to go through great. You've got to go through the Mallee to get to them. The Grampians, you know. There's a lot of things happened in Australia. You know, the Murray River, which goes kind of through the, you know, to the north of the Mallee. I think I'm not that good on the geography of the place. I spent a lot of time up there. Don't worry about that. But, um, but anyway, the Mallee. Uh, sorry, the Murray River used to go all the way through to Adelaide or thereabouts. Um, but then uh, there was, you know, tech, you know, um, geological activity pushed up all the mountains. Now, that would be the Flinders Ranges in between here and um, South Australia. And now, if you look at a map, the Murray River in Victoria, you know, which is the border of Victoria and New South Wales, um, it, it's just meandering off, you know, all the way across northern Victoria towards Adelaide. And then suddenly it does this, you know, hooks a right, a left turn. You know, it does a hard left and heads down the ocean that way, you know, through border town and all that sort of stuff, and down to, you know, the mouth of the Murray. Um, um, so it's an odd thing, you know. So if you look at the, a map of the Murray, it's, it's, it's heading in a certain direction, then it turns left. <laughs> so there's been a lot of stuff. Australia is very old. It's, it's a lot older than the time that we Europeans have been here, you know, which is a mere 200 and so years. And it's been around a lot longer than Indigenous people, which has just been a very brief 65,000 years. You know, we're talking millions of years here, which I find hard to get my head around. Anyway, so Dave Granny comes from the Grampians. <laughs> that was That got me into all of that. Right, now, my God, my GD... Uh, was sending me texts earlier, and that gave rise to this episode, which we should be calling liberalism, um, because liberalism gives rise to white supremacy too, by the way. But uh, I haven't got time to talk about that. But, you know, why did Biggles think he was better? Why did Biggles think he could order that African guy to go and get him a cup of tea or, you know, a can of petrol for his aeroplane or whatever? Um, why did, why, you know... What's going on there, you know? Um, and why, if that African didn't go and get Biggles his cup of tea or his can of petrol, um, you know, total stranger to Biggles, that Biggles just meets on the street and starts ordering him around, what, where does Biggles get off going up to a stranger like that just because of the colour of his skin, you know, and ordering him around? And... Where does Captain W.E. Johns, the author of Biggles books, get off calling that black guy insolent for not doing what Biggles told him to do, a complete stranger? Where do all these people get off, you know? And that's roughly what this Naz and Biggles are all about, you know? Because I think the Enlightenment, Europeans, 
as you can probably sort of know, um, you know, this whole thing, everything I've been talking about, liberalism itself, you know, liberalism is to blame because it gave Europeans, i.e. white people, it gave them a technological and political jump on the rest of the world. It pushed them miles ahead in terms of technological advancement and, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know, scientific and all that sort of stuff. Pushed them miles ahead of all the other countries and gave them a sense of superiority and that's what Biggles has got. And that's what Naz is objecting to, I think. You know, and Naz, um, in desperately trying to counter that, you know, the fact that Europeans did get a jump, you know, I guess he, you know, it's very hard to deny that that's the case. You know, there are a few strategies you can put in place to say, yes, but it wasn't really a jump. In fact, it sent the world backwards, you know, and Indigenous Australians can claim that. You know, you thought you had an enlightenment and that you were, you were progress and advancement, but you've actually sent the world backwards because look what you're doing for the environment, for example. So you can argue that line. Now, Naz is not arguing that line, I don't think. Naz is arguing the line, you know, and he desperately reaches back into ancient history to find out find a time when blacks were had the jump which they did from time to time you know and while the northern europeans for example were primitive you know so he reaches back to that time and tries to excite young black people men to rise up and you know rise over the whites and have another golden age of black you know so that i'm i'm starting to sort of get into naz and biggles here aren't i and um and that's the way it goes. Look, I've got to pause again, but I'll be back. Okay, I'm back. Okay, so I'll just read these texts to which I referred, and I won't give any commentary. And obviously, when I'm texting my GD, um, we are not trying to be comprehensive or even correct, you know, because these are dialectic starters. They're not our opinions. They're, they are designed to get our thinking going not finish off our thinking you know and often people think that everything you say is your final thoughts these are our starting thoughts we think differently than social media you know you can on social media you can give your starting thoughts and people will smash you for having those starting thoughts and you, know, you say no that were just my starting thoughts to get the you know to get the conversation going they weren't my final thoughts and they said no you know your starting thoughts you know, uh, paint you as a racist, you know, <laughs> or a, a, a liberal. <laughs> okay, which brings me on to the word liberal. Okay, here comes the um, texts. Liberalism. I'm, te I'm texting that word. Oh, no. I, um, I just, I just found the text and my GD texted me again which pushes the texts all the way down the bottom again and I've lost the spot. Here it is. Liberalism. And I'll probably get interrupted like that again. Prior to the Enlightenment, prior to the Enlightenment, which I'll call the pre-liberalism era, the politics of most if not all civilizations in inverted commas in the world arose from the idea of something divine dictating the politics through an authoritarian leader and a priest class below or above if you like that leader speaking to the gods and then telling the peasants yes it's true the gods confirm it he's in charge after which the now divine leader pays the priests a wage okay I'll look at that after I've had a crack at defining liberalism oh yeah she has texted me something at the same time I get what that is Oh, good, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, now, where's the next bit? See, we do, we have digressions. Um, look, she's texted me some things. And... No, whatever we did. Look, just take it for what it is. Um, but now the Enlightenment. And as part of that, the English, French and American revolutions kick in. Yeah, there was the Russians and all that too as well. Right. The French, being the mother of all revolutions, 
the biggest change to the planet in history. I don't know if that was true. I think there's been a couple of volcanoes that had something to do with that. And the French Revolution was such a mother that its fires set the whole of Europe into revolution, ushering in all the Euro nation states we know today and killing off all the monarchies of Europe. Open brackets. England, Australia, etc. do not have monarchies in the pre-revolution sense. Queen Elizabeth II gets her power from the people now, not from God. She is working for us, just like a prime minister is. This is one point, blah, 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 blah. Okay, right then. So the revolutions kick in, and pre-liberalism politics, for example, kings and queens, and in many cases their cousins, the bishops and priests, get their heads chopped off, and in comes liberalism, which is a new type, a new politics comprising a left-wing and a right-wing, plus independents and centrists and etc., debating how things should be based should be based on reason instead of God said. Hence, parliaments rise up, and I think the idea of parliaments to replace to replace an authoritarian rule by a king or queen are the baby of the English. I ask mainly because the English Revolution, even though it was small compared to the French, was the first question mark. I'm not sure. And then the debates based on reason commence, and light bulbs start going off like crazy. You know, abolish slavery, uh, feminism, rights of man, etc. Meanwhile, on other continents, Africa for example, no real change. They keep going with divine kings, slavery and so on. But a fire has started in Europe, a fire called liberalism. And liberalism has many babies. The left wing and the right wing, modern conservatives and modern progressives, socialists, communists, anarchists, every type of modern politics you can think of, they were all invented by the Europeans. Um, you know, you can question that, whoever you are listening. And if you put them all into a huge box, the label on that box is called liberalism. Now, I may be being more to... Now, I'm off the text again now. I may be being simplistic there, but that's not what texts are about. They're not supposed to be comprehensive, okay? They're supposed to be conversation starters. Right, back to the text. And in the middle, in the middle of all this, the first fleet lands in Australia. And the revolutionary era in which European nations, which now include the Americas and Australia, plays out for 100 years, which happens to be the same era that is the build-up to what was soon on January the first 1901 to become Australia. Side note, towards the end of this era, the 19th century, various places in Africa start noticing that Europe is powering ahead and they panic. You know, I don't know if panic's the right word, but I think it is. And they start importing Europeans to help them modernise. Egypt and Ethiopia are two good examples. Tedros, Johannes and Menelik all see the need for this. And, for example, they all try to abolish slavery in the English way, but don't have enough power to push that through. By the way, I could have mentioned the Egyptians with um, Ishmael the Magnificent. He was trying to modernise too in Egypt. You know, and his grandfather was the, um, the father of modern Egypt, you know, which means making Egypt more modern, more European. And Tedros was the father of modern Ethiopia, who was doing something similar with Ethiopia. You know. Okay, and now both Egypt and... Ethiopia have Western style governments. Okay. Okay, so as we enter the 20th century, this is all liberalism, in which, for example, you have a parliament or a congress or whatever you want to call it, and you debate things in there. So both modern conservatives and modern leftists are both into this sort of liberalism as it is understood in the early 20th century. It's a broad definition of liberal. It just means freedom through reason and debate rather than divine authority. Um, and I went on and on. Ah, and given that, I said here, one of the first things liberalism did was to get the church out of politics as much as it could. Hence secularism, the separation of church and state. Ah, but here comes the fun, I text. What, what politics, liberalism asked itself, best achieves this freedom through logic. And some people said capitalism, and others said communism, and some people said progressive conservatism, hence Australia's Liberal Party, and others said leftist politics, and so on. In America, liberalism had three major babies, the Whigs, the Republicans, and the Democrats. The Whigs did not survive, and we are now left with just two babies in the USA, the Republicans and the Democrats.
and that was the end of my texting. Thank you.